Welcome, Welcome to, to the Better, Better Call Daddy Show. This is Big Daddy. Oh my God, that's hysterical. More stories you are not going to believe. And advice that you didn't know that you needed. Five stars. Five and a half stars. We're creating a legacy one call at a time. Here comes my daddy. Your problem is, is that you like me. My dad is my hero. He'll always be there to take your call, and you'll never be in too much trouble if your dad is around. Oh, boy. Hey, hey, I think I'm a pretty cool dude. Better call daddy. The safe space for controversy. This is your host, Rena Friedman-Watts. No, this is your host, Celia Watts. More inspirational stories, more daddy drama, and more laughs. Hey, a lot of these things, I don't know where you're getting them from. It sounds like they're coming from when I look in the mirrors. Damn the public. Damn the public. (laughs) When you're feeling burnout, we can always move. We can move out of stress. We can move out of burnout. We can move out of depression and anxiety. My dad says the key to life is staying in motion. Today, we are talking to a holistic burnout recovery specialist and dietitian and podcast host, Christine Cohen. Christine, welcome. I am so excited about this. Oh, good. Me too. So I know one question that you like to ask people is, what's your favorite way to move your body? And I heard you say on one of your most recent episodes that you have been traveling into Manhattan to do salsa dancing, which is so cool. And I want to hear about that. Okay. I started salsa dancing a few years ago and would just take random lessons in like a ballroom studio. Fast forward to right before COVID and I went to my aunt's 50th birthday party that she threw for herself, which was fabulous and fell in love with dancing again, like remembered how much I love to dance. And I was like, I am going to make salsa dancing a thing again for me. So I was living in Manhattan at the time and I found this amazing group salsa, literally like boot camp style. They like drill it into you. And I'm like, this is exactly what I need. And felt reconnected to a part of myself I had not in a very long time. And I'm like, it is unfair that I should have to wait to dance and feel this good for weddings or birthday parties or whatever. So I'm going to make this a part of my life. And I was literally going to salsa classes like four or five times a week. It was like a train ride away down on the West side for me. And then COVID hit and I had to stop that for a year. And I swear that was the thing that one of the main there's things that like really I felt so heartbroken about that I wasn't able to do in the way that I wanted to do, which was like learn to partner dance in salsa. Of course I was salsa dancing in my kitchen, the whole (laughs) lockdown. But, and then as soon as I could really get back into the city, because at that point I had moved out to Long Island, which is where I am now. I was like, I'm not going to let this stop me. And I would take a two hour train ride into the city (laughs) to take salsa classes because it, it meant that much to me. Like it filled me with this joy that I, it was unexplainable. And so whenever something gives you that feeling, you'll move heaven and earth to make whatever you need to do happen. Yeah. I've done something like that before where I was taking this Kung Yo class in LA. It's like a fusion of Kung Fu kicks and yoga. Just chalk it up to LA for creating that. (laughs) I fell in love with this crazy class where I would drive from the Valley to Venice beach, which like people don't do. And I was doing that like three days a week for pretty much about a year and a half, like leading up until I got married. I fell in love with it, bought all the DVDs, like became friends with the instructor, all of the people in the class. Like there was a following, there was a community to this. So that's amazing. But yeah, same, same thing. When you find something that makes you feel that good, you're like, I don't care if I have to drive an hour and a half or whatever it is to make this happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I really liked something that you said too, like what makes you feel alive and how can you incorporate just even maybe five more minutes of that a day? Mm -hmm. Like if you like writing or you like dancing or you like salsa, that can literally- The more realistic thing, right? Like it's very, I'm single. I don't have kids. Like it's very capable of me to do that. But for most people who, you know, we're, we lead busy lives. We have a lot of responsibilities. You don't need to have that 
look that way. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be this humongous thing. You can get an ounce of that in some way. If you're open to figuring out a way to, you know, do it in a small bite-sized way, because no matter what, you're still going to get a feeling and that's what you're craving. What have you learned from salsa? Ooh, that's actually a beautiful question. To open myself up to trusting being led by somebody else, a man, you know, in particular, but in general. So often I would in the beginning, just lead myself, <laughs> even though you're dancing in a partner and letting yourself be led and owning this partnership role, because it's not like you're just being led and not knowing what you're doing. There's a role there for the quote unquote follower, which is a really powerful role in and of itself. And so that was kind of like this life lesson that I didn't realize that I could use to help create just new energy, new good energy. How can I use this in ways that are holding me back in my life? So that was kind of crazy, unexpected thing. Where do you feel like you're being held back in areas of your life? Now, I feel like I'm actively working on these things. A big one for me was something that I kind of just overcame recently. I have been working remotely since the pandemic and have been thinking, oh, it'd be so fun and so great to like use this time to go away and see another part of the US, stay there for a month. I can work remote. And it was always just this idea, always this, oh, that's something I could do, but like never actually executing, but always feeling this resentment or this, I wish in the back of my mind, back of my heart, that this is something I wanted to do. And so I, instead of burying the seed again, I was like, okay, what if I can make this happen? And I just got literally two days ago back from a trip to Seattle, Washington, where I went to go experience the Pacific Northwest and go hiking in the mountains over there and worked remote. And it was like the coolest thing ever. I'm, I can't even believe it's over. It went so fast. <laughs> so that was something I was holding myself back from, like living my life inside of this thing that I thought was temporary um, in terms of like me working from home, me now living on Long Island, leaving my life in the city and kind of, I think I was like waiting for, I don't know, permission or something to change for me to feel like, okay, I'm ready to start living my life. And I was like, oh, you need to give yourself that permission, Christine. You just need to do it. I love that. Was there like an impetus for you to just book the ticket? I had the idea planted from a podcast that I was listening to that grew into where would I go if I could do this? And then ultimately the ticket booking was just me sharing this idea with like a few people in my life that I really respect. And I just, yeah, I needed it to like exist out of my mind to really bite the scone and do it. <laughs> Okay. That's cool. Also now talking about a podcast, like made you make a change. You created a podcast yourself, which is called wake up your warrior. Oh my God. First of all, when you told your story about how you were in this hole and now you go into that hole and help others out of it, that I don't know why, but that like honestly made me cry. Like the way that you described where you were and now how you can help other people. It was so powerful the way that you described that. I don't know if anybody else has ever said that, but that episode was really good. And I know it was a long time ago that you did that one. Thank you. That story, it's sort of like a parable. I didn't write it. The first time I heard it was on a West Wing episode, which is a great show. But I, yeah, it hit me. And when I put it in the perspective of, I went through all of this. I went through this very stressful time of my life. I experienced anxiety and depression from a perspective of, I have no idea what the fuck is going on. I just know that I feel nothing like myself. I feel super drained and fought to get out of that. Like I call it this deep, dark hole that I was in and came out through that. It really felt like to give it a purpose was to go back and help others by jumping into the hole with them and helping them find their way out. Cause I had been there before. And it's literally something that is like a fire within me, like I can't turn it off anymore. So whatever it looks like, whether I'm helping people with anxiety or burnout or depression, anything that I am excited about or passionate about to learn for myself or to learn how to help the people I work with, it's all from that place. Yeah. Can you talk about the days, months, years 
of your journey of crawling out of the hole? The first time I really ever experienced anxiety and depression was about 12 years ago. And it was, I had just gotten my first dream job as a baby little personal trainer and dietitian working in a health club. And I just don't, I mean, looking back, I just dove a hundred percent headfirst into it with no idea of what boundaries were, what time management was, and just completely like over worked myself, burnt myself out in the work department. There was also a lot of family stress going on at home. So the best way to describe it was like nowhere felt safe. And I just pushed it down. I just didn't really under, I didn't even have the language for what I was going through at this time. 12 years ago is not long ago, but we weren't talking about mental health like we were, like we are today. So I didn't even know that like mental health was a thing. When people would say mental health to me, I would automatically think mental illness. Like that, those two phrases were the same in my mind. And so, but I didn't realize there's a distinction. Like mental illness, we can describe as things that are diagnosed, like depression and whatnot. But we all have mental health. Like mental health is our ability to feel mentally well. And I didn't know that was a thing until I lost my mental health, until I really struggled with my mental health. That really changed everything for me. It was a long battle because I was stubbornly trying to figure this out all on my own. I, for better or for worse, was terrified to kind of admit that I was struggling with anxiety and depression at the time because what I knew about those disorders, I literally learned from pharmaceutical commercials on TV, which told you that you were, I think of the one, I don't even remember which drug it was, but it was like a little marshmallow that would just like plop along on the road. And it basically said like, these are genetic disorders. You will struggle with this for the rest of your life. You will, the only way to manage it is to be on medication, go to therapy. And like all of that scared the shit out of me. So I think I ran in the opposite direction in terms of, I, I sort of ignored that. I was like, if I have this, I don't want to know. And so I didn't seek out help. I didn't seek out any sort of professional help. And I was like, I'm going to figure this out on my own. Ironically, I was like, oh, if I just get back on my diet, if I just get back to my exercise routine, which had completely gone out the window at that time as any self-care habits, <laughs> whether we realize they're self-care habits or not, but they usually are the first things to go out the window when we're struggling, right? So I'm like, I'm just going to get back to my diet and my exercise routine and it's going to solve everything. Little did I know that actually made it all worse because dieting, especially when you do it, like society tells you to cut out this, make this cut, make this extreme, whatever, cut these calories, eat 1200 calories a day, whatever. It actually adds more stress onto your body from a physiological perspective. So your body's already stressed out from whatever it's going through. Now you're going to add another level of stress, which is going to actually keep you in survival mode, could perpetuate fight, flight, or freeze, could perpetuate dysregulating your nervous system. Even chronic or over-exercising can do the same thing. And so I would just find myself three days later at the bottom of that deep, dark hole. That's what it looked like. And so it was a, it was a lot of figuring out. It was a lot of climbing up, sliding back down, climbing up, sliding back down. But I do recall there was one class I got myself to exercise class where I left it feeling very different. I don't know about you, but I always had used or thought of exercise purely from like an aesthetic perspective and, you know, exercise was right. Like, okay. For weight loss or to get a six pack or whatever, it was always aesthetic. And I never actually connected that there was like a, it helped me feel better in any way until I walked out of this class. I sat in my car after it was over and I started crying because I felt like a layer, like a glimpse of myself for the first time in months, almost a year. Whereas I thought that version of me, the version that felt good, the version that cared about things, the version that felt like me. I thought she was gone to this anxiety, depression, this darkness, and I felt her again. And it sort of clicked something in my mind. I was like, there's a connection that moving my body helps me feel better. And I'm going to ride this as much as I can. This is going to be what I use to overcome this. And I mean, ultimately it was, it was still a very challenging battle. It wasn't like, oh, from that day forward, she never (laughs) felt bad ever again, but it 
was the thing that pulled me out of that deep dark hole ultimately it was movement did it kind of stop the relapses though little by little yep oh yeah the relapses depression and anxiety eventually became like shorter and shorter there was more good space in between the relapses then as i sort of became more as i felt better physically and mentally i started to implement other things that i recognized helped me physically and mentally as well so i started to ask myself like what else helps me feel better because it was actually still confusing to me like why would exercise help me overcome anxiety and depression like no one talks about that. There's nothing that supports that. So that piqued my curiosity. I started to do a ton of research. I also started to recognize what are some other things that like either trigger a relapse or make me feel worse. I connected it to just the behavior of binge eating, but even just eating too much sugar, alcohol, just like even social, socially accepted binge drinking on the weekends. Those things definitely would knock me back down. And I slowly but surely started to reevaluate what was important to me and me feeling well really became like my priority. And so a lot of things naturally started to just reprioritize themselves because me wanting to feel good, even if it was like 1% better, always won that conversation. You know, I heard you interview your neighbor, Neil. Oh, and you yeah. guys, that was such an interesting conversation. It's so cool to interview people who you have a personal relationship with. Totally. And I heard you talking about how blackouts in college are like totally acceptable, but like later in life, you definitely do not want to be experiencing them. That actually made me pause and think because like I totally blacked out in college probably more than once. Right. And like, mm -hmm now that's really not healthy to do so i appreciate what you said about asking yourself what makes me feel good what doesn't make me feel good like i went out with my husband when we first moved to texas here and was starting to drink like too much and i'm like i can't do that because i want to be able to work out the next day like i need that more exactly yeah like i would rather wake up feel great have a great morning just enjoy the sun have a great cup of coffee whatever maybe go for a walk go to the gym and have this day where i feel like i feel great you know and really feel the most of the day like live the most of my moments instead of having to nurse myself back to baseline. I kind of started to make that connection in my like mid twenties, I would say. And it was definitely because I felt the closest to depression in those hangovers than anything, than anything. So yeah, that was a really good podcast conversation. I'm so glad you listened to that one. Yeah. When you're feeling depressed, what are the thoughts that come up for you? There are a lot of shame thoughts, a lot of hopeless thoughts, like I can't do anything. I'll never get out of this. It feels very like I don't deserve anything good. I, it feels very nothing can help you. It's like very interesting the lies that your mind tells you when you're in that state of depression. It's a lot of sounds like that. Is there anything that you can tell yourself that helps with that? Honestly, this is something that really changed not only me coming out of depression and anxiety, but actually like helps me now continue to grow and become like a more optimal version of me, which is I am naturally a very, like I'm very much a cerebral person. I thinking is comfortable. Problem solving with my thoughts is like my go-to. And I, when I really started to struggle with anxiety, those problem solving <laughs> skills would just tie themselves up into knots. And my depression thoughts, again, would just become this big cloud of just disaster. And thinking out of that was nearly impossible. Maybe on like a random good day, I could like shift my mindset, but it expended so much energy to do that. And it just never really felt like it was worth it. It was like, I'm just gonna wait for this cloud to pass. This goes back to the movement thing too. Since then, I have learned a ton in terms of what's going on with our nervous system, which is basically how our body interacts with our environment. And it basically tells us, it's like scanning the environment, like, are we safe? Are we not safe? When we're under chronic stress for whatever that could be, life stress, work stress, caring for a loved one, dealing with a chronic illness, just putting things into our body that are stressful, toxins, foods that are reactive, ultra processed foods, whatever, the list goes on and on. 
when we are experiencing chronic stress, we're experiencing inflammation, but our nervous system is becoming dysregulated because our body is doing what it's designed to do. And it is sort of stuck in that fight, flight, or freeze state in survival mode. I realize the nervous system also has a third or fourth rather component, which is social engagement mode. This is what I call safety mode. It's also called the parasympathetic nervous system for those who speak science. This is where we should live on a regular basis. Like for the most part, we should live from this place. We feel our most open, our most connected to the world. We feel the most grounded, present. We can engage with life, with social beings, but we get stuck in these fight, flight, or freeze stages. The nervous system doesn't speak English. <laughs> the nervous system doesn't speak French. It doesn't speak ancient Greek. It speaks in primal somatic senses. It speaks in senses, in our ability to feel. So if we're trying to shift out of a state of depression, anxiety, dysregulated nervous system, our higher brain thinking is not the language that's going to help there. We need to speak in a more primal way. And so using somatic practices, which are essentially ways to move your body in very gentle ways, or even just to move the energy within your body, even if you're sitting still, are ways to start to engage with your nervous system and bring it out of that stuck fight, flight, or freeze state and ease it into our safety state. So these are things like breath work or very basic somatic practices that engage your senses. If anyone's ever done like a five, four, three, two, one practice, have you ever done this? Where you like name five things that you see in the room, you name four things that you hear, you name three things that you feel, two things that you smell, one thing that you taste. It's engaging you in the present, you're engaging your senses, and that is orienting you to your space in this presence now, bringing your body into a state of more ease and essentially safety. Just that was a very long-winded answer to your question that there are way more ways to help ourselves regulate where we are in terms of our mental health through our physical body. I love that. That seems like a good game to play with kids too. <laughs> mm, beautiful. Yeah. Because often how many times are we taught to not feel or not engage with our feelings because I don't know, it's uncomfortable to witness somebody go through something that we're not comfortable, right? Like even I don't have kids, but I could imagine that helping a kid through a temper tantrum is a lot harder when you come from, okay, well, what are you feeling right now? And, you know, giving them comfort versus like, I don't know, just telling it's easier to just tell them to like go to your room or whatever. So that is a beautiful skill to teach humans as kids. I also really like the idea of all of the emotions that your body are having or are giving you are okay. And you just need to be able to understand them better. Yeah. Like, why am I feeling this way? Why am I reacting this way? Getting more in tune with what is your body telling you? I really like that. Do you feel like you've been becoming more in tune with your body and what it's telling you? Oh yeah, for sure. It is kind of like a something I do now every day intentionally. Whereas before it would be a lot of, okay, what do I, what should I do? What should I not do? Now there's space to feel and explore what that feeling is, which is powerful for any feeling, a really good feeling, an uncomfortable feeling, something that's painful on a emotionally painful level, or even a physically painful level and creating space to sort of like give respect to that feeling to recognize it's a message from your body and it's not something to ignore or numb or distract yourself from, but actually like, how can I create safety feeling this thing so that I can receive the message that my body is trying to send me? Also, I wanted to talk a little bit about the nuances of nutrition. You had mentioned earlier that most people, when they have depression, they think it's like a chemical imbalance. What have you learned as far as healing yourself? I've learned that there are many causes of depression, that not all of them end with a chemical imbalance root cause. 
that there are actually lots of causes for potentially having a neurochemical imbalance or a hormonal imbalance. But there's still the question of like, why is that happening? I've learned that we have a great ability to impact how we feel purely by the nutrition that we're eating or even like the nutritional supplements that we're getting on a we'll call therapeutic dosage level. So a higher dosage than somebody might typically have if they already feel well, because our neurochemicals, our essentially brain chemicals that help us feel well or calm or motivated or extremely happy or sexy or loved or loving, a lot of them the majority of them are made from the raw materials. The ingredients for these things are amino acids, which are the basic building blocks of protein and vitamins and minerals. And so if we don't have adequate amounts of these things, then we're not even able to create the dopamine and the serotonin and the GABA, the neurochemicals that are responsible for us feeling mentally well throughout the day. What does your supplement routine look like? It changes a few times a year. Right now, I take vitamin D. I take magnesium glycinate. I take a multivitamin with some good vitamin Bs in it. I take a fish oil and a probiotic. I was taking a little bit of tyrosine, which is the basic building block of dopamine, because I was finding I was struggling with motivation a few months ago. And so since dopamine is our hormone of motivation, essentially, I wanted to see what, if it would support kind of me feeling more focused, more motivated, be able to concentrate more throughout the day. And I can't say if personally it did or it didn't for me, but it didn't make me feel any worse. I'll say. Yeah. How long do you try something before you're like, meh, this isn't working <laughs> or yeah, I'm not I'll noticing a difference. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. I'll try it for at least two to four weeks with an amino acid like that for some other stuff. It, it's, it kind of really depends. But yeah, for, for the amino acids, you can actually like tyrosine and tryptophan and GABA, they're best taken if you actually let them absorb in your mouth and you can sort of feel the effects of it. So those things will only really be supportive if your body's in need of them. Like if there's a little bit of a lower level of them and generally you don't really feel it if you don't need it. So I just figured I don't really need it. What are your thoughts on seasonal depression? I used to get it. I used to get it in the winter and the summer, <laughs> go figure. I think that it is a very real thing. I think that the contributions of just it being darker for more of the day and for us being inside for more of the day and not really moving too much definitely contribute to the increases of that. I do use and recommend to my clients, I mean, vitamin D for sure, if they're not already taking it. I also find that using a sun lamp in the morning can be really helpful. Generally, I would just say go outside and sit, you know, get natural sunlight, but that's not always the case when the sun's rising late. And definitely incorporate some sort of movement into your mornings. Those are the main things I advise people to get. But yeah, I'm not as go outside. I don't love the summer. Like I love cool, crisp autumn weather like it is now. And so I think because I was staying inside in the summertime is another reason why my seasonal depression would increase <laughs> in the summer. Yeah, I can relate to that. I think even just, you know, like a mile walk makes a difference. Just Agreed. creativity happens and the fresh air and just being disconnected from everything else I have noticed really helps me also. I get like my most creative ideas when I do that. Yeah. On walks. Yes. Oh, same. Yeah. Do you just write things down in your phone or how do you, what do you do with your ideas? On walks? I usually will go back home and then either write stuff down or tweet them. Yeah. yeah you got to put them somewhere. Otherwise you'll lose them. How about you? I am like a note taker fanatic. So I have about a bajillion notes in my phone that are very well organized, but there's a lot of them. I just will label it ideas. And then I'll just write a bunch of stuff. Okay. I'm going to plug something then because James Altucher just started this new site. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's called notepad.com without the A and pad. And okay. 
you can keep track of ideas and you can comment on other people's ideas. Oh, cool. And there's like different challenges and stuff. I know Craig Stamlin is the one that like connected us and he's a big fan of James Altucher too. So I don't know if you've heard of it, but you should check out notepad.com. I, I will check it out. Yeah, it's really cool. But yeah, you know, so James Altucher used to write like 10 ideas a day on right. reader pads and now he's turned it into an app where you can comment on other people's ideas or you can create ideas of your own and it's just an easy place to keep track of it. So you might, you might dig it. Cool. Okay. I will. Yeah. James Altucher comes up at least once in conversation every time I talk to Craig. So <laughs> I always make fun of him. <laughs> okay. So now I kind of want to know, like, how did you and Craig connect? And I mean, I see a lot of similarities between you guys. So Craig and I connected in Manhattan I joined the gym that he was working at. He just struck me. He was always working at the front desk and he just had this like light, this energy to him. It was always a joy to talk to him. I forget if I sent him my story or if he looked, he just found it on social media, but somehow he read about my story that I just shared with you. And he was like, wow, that really resonated with me. Thank you so much. I want to share something with you if, if I can. And so he then told me about his story, which literally had just happened. Like he had just come out of the halfway house, I think, when I had met him. And so he was working at that gym and I was just, you know, open to hearing what he had to say. And we just instantly became friends after that. He's just such a great person. Yeah, it was the beginning of a really great friendship. It's crazy. His book made me cry and your podcast made me cry. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I've given his I'm so proud of him. I got to read like all the drafts of that book as it was in the making over the last whatever six years. The, just to like see it actually come to print and for him so well. And I gave that book out to as many people as I could. Blank Canvas. Shout out Craig Stanley. Shout out. Yep. Blank Canvas, Craig Stanley. Amazing. Okay. I would like to talk just a little bit about too, how creating your podcast helped you be able to tell your story, help others. And your parents didn't know about all of these struggles. <laughs> Those were like two very different questions. <laughs> If you can okay. weave any of that together. Yeah, sure. Okay. So yeah, the podcast podcasts are my favorite thing to listen to. So it just kind of felt natural to do that. And I wanted to it to be a place for people to tell their stories for others to hear and then hopefully be inspired or at least feel like a drop of hope. Like, oh my gosh, I relate to this person, what they went through. And if they could get through that mental health challenge, like maybe I can too. Cause that was a big part of my journey is was hearing people that I related to and being able to like put my hope in them, in their story to like carry me that extra mile, you know, until I could actually start to put some belief and hope in my own progress in my own self. So that was extremely powerful. And then I wanted to share these things that people don't understand, or really it's not talked about or heard about a lot when it does come to like the neuroscience of mental health and really everything that we're learning in the last 10 to 15 years about depression, anxiety, and bring on some experts to really dig into that. So that's kind of where the impetus of the podcast came from. I am going to be launching a season two very soon. So I got a bunch of interviews lined up, ready to go. So I'm really excited for that. Yeah. So then going to part two, as I was going through all this, I didn't really share it with anyone. I was too embarrassed to share it. There was a big stigma attached to what I was going through, especially because I was working in the fitness industry and the health industry. I just felt like a fraud that I couldn't keep my own shit together. <laughs> and then I was going into work to help other people get healthy. So there was a big imposter thing happening there. And then I was just embarrassed. I was just embarrassed to admit this. I felt really shameful, like a big shame spiral around it all. And there was some instability going on in my family at that time. And so I don't think I really felt safe reaching out to either one of my parents about what I was going through. And so that was something that I kind of shared with them gradually as I started to share it publicly. How did they respond? It was a lot of like, I can't believe you were going through all that. And we didn't know 
it kind of, it was kind of a lot of that, which I totally understand, which also makes, just even puts into more, just even gives more power to, you could be surrounded by people that you think are okay. And they're really not just because they're really good at hiding it for whatever reason they're hiding it. And so that's just always a reminder to me, like, you know, you did hide it. (laughs) You were lucky that you were able to figure it out or overcome what you were going through, but there are people that don't or can't or don't have the resources or whatever it is, and they're really drowning. So just like, keep your eye out for those people. Keep your eye on your strong friends. Did anybody notice? Did anybody check in? I can't say for sure. Yes or no, because it's possible that somebody asked me, but I did not open myself up to the vulnerability of that. I'm sure I answered, I'm fine or something like that. As you see a lot of those like social media sort of responses going around, you really do just say like, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm just tired. And when people come to you with these kinds of stories, what is good to say? I say a few different things. People generally come to me wanting to be open about it. So there's an element of trust there, maybe because I put that out there. So people tend to want to share more with me, even people I have literally never talked to, strangers on the internet. And if I can be a vessel for them to share even one thing, then I'm happy to be able to hold that for them. Often when I offer help to people or I see someone struggling, I will do a couple things. One, I'll just say like, hey, I'm, I'm happy to just sit on the phone in silence with you just to be present with you. Like you're not alone going through this. You know, that feeling of just like someone's in the room with you, but they're not talking to you and you're just glad that they're there, that kind of thing. Other times I will sort of like co-regulate my energy to that person. So co-regulation is a technique. We do it naturally all the time. It's like when you are with, let's just say a friend that you, that gives you really good feelings. Like you just feel good around them. You're naturally co-regulating to them. You're not doing it consciously, but you just, they are like, I just feel better when I'm around them. And then vice versa. You have people that you feel worse when you're just around them, right? So I will ground my own energy in a place of calm safety. And then I will just bring that presence to that person just energetically, just hoping to connect with them on that nervous system level to give them some ease, to give them some safety and however they choose to go forward with that, whether they choose to talk with me or just sit or not receive it at all is up to them. But those are just a couple of things that I do. That's so interesting. Also, I went through COVID recently and it's definitely still going around. And I know that you said that you have helped people with lingering effects of COVID. Yeah. Symptoms Mm -hmm. of COVID. Is there anything that you could share with the audience about techniques or ideas that you have around that? It's a little tough because it is, it is very individualized. Like you can just, when you have the virus, how it affects people differently. And so the long-term effects of COVID can be very different. I've seen like extreme mental health, struggling symptoms of extreme anxiety, of extreme depression. And then I've also seen chronic pain and things like that. So it's, it really runs the spectrum. I often will take the techniques that I use for people to help their just like chronic inflammation calm down and approach it from supporting the energy systems of their body. So like on a cellular energy system with nutrition supplements, things that kind of help the parts of your cell that produce energy in your body kind of come back online again. So it involves like antioxidant support. It involves B vitamin support. It can involve anti-inflammatory support from like curcumin or different things like that on the supplement spectrum. I do have a couple of resources. I didn't create them, but the Institute for Functional Medicine and then a few other people that I respect have kind of put together a few COVID long-term symptom supports in terms of nutritional supplements. And I can share that with you if that's helpful. Yeah. I'll totally put that in the show notes and anything else that you would like to promote. Okay. That'd be amazing. Yeah. And also... I wanted to know if you had any questions for my dad. I do. (laughs) (laughs) So I wanted to know what his favorite way to move his body is. 
Ooh, I like that. Mm -hmm. Nice. I love that I started with that too. That's so fun. Yep. And am I allowed to ask more than one? <laughs> yeah, sure. And then I would just love to hear from his perspective, if there has ever been like a time in his life where he's struggled with a challenge and that affected, you know, him mentally, just like his mental, maybe not necessarily like mental health, but definitely challenged his, his mind, his ability, like what he's known sort of thing. What has helped him to overcome that that challenge, that struggle in his own life? Yeah, that's a great question. I can tell you right now, he recently got shingles and he's really struggling with that. Have you ever <laughs> talked to anybody that's gone through that? I've not worked with a client, but I've known you know a fair amount of adults and it's awful. I truthfully think I could be wrong, that it could be correlated to the vaccine. Mm. My grandmother got it too after the booster. I mean, I'm not a doctor and I, I know it's... It's there's hard to say, but unknown, yeah, there's but... a lot of unknown, but yeah, you do wonder. You do wonder. Yeah. Yes. Inflammation wise. Yeah. Just like triggering the overdrive of inflammation in your system. You know, like what, how does your body respond to that? What manifests from it? Yeah. I, I would totally be asking myself the same questions infuriatingly because you might never get an answer, but how's he doing? He is one of the most positive people, which definitely helps you get through anything, mm. but I have been taking lots of supplements since COVID. Like I was never a big supplement person. And the one that you just mentioned, I'm probably going to say it wrong, but quercetin, is that how you say it? Yeah. Yeah. So I've been taking quercetin. I've been taking turmeric. I've been taking fish oils. Great. I've been taking multivitamin. Like I literally Great. have like a handful of vitamins that I'm taking every day because mm -hmm. even though I feel like most of my symptoms are gone, I just don't know about the long term. Mm -hmm. I had COVID for the second time in April, six months ago, and it definitely took me about a month to like really feel like myself again. Same. I just felt more fatigued than normal. I just felt like my body wasn't sick or anything, but I definitely noticed like my performance in the gym wasn't the same. I didn't have the same mental stamina. I didn't have the same physical, just like energy to get through a work day. And my period was off that first cycle. So those are all really interesting things. And I definitely recommend to continue to do your vitamin regimen. Oh, NAC is another powerful one to support your antioxidant hmm. creation to, you know, help with the oxidative stress as well. So that's one, that's another one, but everything that you just mentioned is on my list for sure. Amazing. Well, I am excited about your season two and your podcast is very well done. Where is Thank the next you. place on your travel list of where you want to be working from? Well, so two exciting things. I, well, I won't mention the first one because I'm not allowed to yet, but I almost slipped. Okay. <laughs> okay. But Lake Tahoe is definitely somewhere on my list. I've mm. always wanted to go and I kind of want to torture myself by relearning how to snowboard this winter. So I would love to visit Lake Tahoe and how to do that and make that happen. But yeah, I've only been once, but very beautiful. Yeah. You should make we'll that see. happen for sure. Okay. Well, I will let you promote away anything that you would like me to put in the show notes and how people can find your podcast and connect with you on ID, all that stuff. Sure. Yeah. I love to hang out on Instagram. It's just at christine.cohen. And then I do have a free burnout recovery guide for anyone who feels like they're burnt out or like on their way there, no matter why. So you can, I'll give you the link for that. It's a free download. And then I do have a course that I just launched. It's called the Burnout Reset Roadmap. And it's basically a self-guided course, which I am active, very active in, but it basically teaches you how to incorporate a lot of these things I just spoke about into helping yourself naturally recover from burnout. And it does still include like for people who extremely are experiencing anxiety and depression as well as a result of chronic stress. So it kind of runs through the gamut of all of that. So it's, it's a great resource. I'm really proud of it. And I've kind of like poured everything that has worked for me as well as all of my clients into that course. So that is incredible. How long did that take you to put together? A long time. <laughs> a long time. That's a but big yeah. accomplishment. Congratulations. Thanks. Felt overwhelming at the starting line, but like I've learned anything that feels overwhelming, but I really want to do, I just have to like look at one small little step 
at a time. And once I'm in momentum, it kind of, it feels better <laughs> to be in momentum doing one little thing at a time than at the starting line, looking at this ginormous mountain being like, how the fuck am I going to climb that thing? So I can relate to that from the member's perspective too. Like how the frick am I going to overcome this massive thing that I'm feeling all of this burnout? It feels exhausting to even think about having to work through this. And so that's totally normal to feel that way. But I really guide them one little bite size at a time so that it doesn't feel like I can't do this, but little I can's along the way. Did anybody help you along the way with that? I have a friend that I show up with every morning who's also has like an online course in another topic for grief and loss. And her and I just kind of like show up and, and work. She's like indirect support, <laughs> moral support, which was really, really helpful. So shout out to Janelle. Yeah. You know, I mean, my dad is like, how I keep this podcast going. Like he is my support. He is my encouragement. I just want to talk about like how important it is to have encouragement in your life. And I feel like even just to seek that out in order mm -hmm. to get things done. Mm -hmm. So funny because for the last few months, I was like, I really want to work with someone. Like I really want to work alongside someone and I'm very good at working solo. But for the first time I was like, I really miss like having someone to show up with, even if we're not working together, you know, on the same thing, but just like having that presence, kind of like what I was saying, like, I'll show up with you. I'll just sit in the room with you. And so her and I connected through a business course we were doing, we kind of just started doing these power hours, which totally helps. Like, and in the past, I have trouble recognizing when I even need help, like surprise, surprise, um, <laughs> <laughs> trouble recognizing when I probably should ask for help. And I am just glad that growth wise, I recognize that I felt that and I, you know, found a way to pull that into my life. And I am so grateful to, to have this person and to have this thing that's sort of supporting both of us in that way. Yeah. I think it's totally underestimated the power of just like what you'd call it, but having that support is what I'll just use the words that you said. Yeah. I mean, I would want that potentially. I'm going to put that out to people in the audience, but like, oh, you totally should to do like a power hour with me. Like I think getting outside perspective and especially if you guys are creating similar things, like even with other podcasters or with other course creators or with other YouTubers, I love collaborating with other people that are doing what I want to be doing or what I am doing. Mm -hmm. So reach yeah, out if you want to do a power hour with me on one of those things. Yes, do it, do it. It's so much fun. Christine, I am so glad we did this. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And this hour flew by and we talked about really so many great things. So thank you for asking fantastic questions. Thank you. I can't wait to hear what my dad has to say. Now let's switch it over to grandpa. So tell me what's your favorite way to move your body? Boy, I tell you, I also like to get wild and dance. As you know, when it comes to that celebration song, I go bananas. Every bone in my body is moving, every muscle, everything, because celebrating is really a fantastic way of really putting, what is it, the, the cherry and the whipped cream on top of whatever you're doing. It's uh, funny. And also she asked, what do you do when you're feeling down? What are ways that you well, cope? Well, this is the thing. You're talking about, it's Christine. This is what it's about. You know, life has all kinds of choices and obstacles that we have to face. And this episode really highlights not only stress, but really where stress can lead into really depression. And what can we do to prevent it from really getting out of control, just like anything else, where excesses can cause problems, <laughs> almost anything in life. My philosophy to this is where we all, we all can use some guidance. As you know, I'm, I'm connected to the almighty upstairs. Fortunately, he sometimes is very insightful to me through my dreams where I can really concentrate and get some sometimes feelings from out of this world. And of course, being loved the way I've been loved to get insight from grandparents and great grandparents and from your father and mother. As you know, I've worked with them for 45 to 50 years running a business. If that isn't a, a tremendous value of experience, I don't know what is. But what happens is that when you are depressed or you're really stressed out or you're not feeling well, this just happened to me with uh, COVID and with these shingles, where I also wanted to just jump off the 
the highest building uh, when you when you can't and you don't feel well enough where you can even move. And isn't that really what the key to life is, is staying in motion. I like how Christine said, you know, I found something that I love to do and it keeps me in motion. I love this dancing, salsa dancing. I even like the guidance of having a partner where I have to keep up with, where they're showing me the way. Isn't that what we all need? We all need guidance and to be shown the way. We all want to do our own thing, but we want to be part of other people's thing too. I thought that was very good in this episode where she wants to share ideas. She wants to help other people and lead the way, but also where she's willing to take direction and be also led along the way and fulfill that part where she's willing to do uh, both perspectives. And guess what? All of us have to be able to do that in life. If we're only the one in charge and we know everything, then we can't hear other people. We can't be part of other people's lives because they think we're only thinking of ourselves and that we're not interested in how other people feel and what they're doing. So we have to participate just as much in hearing and doing what other people want as just doing things for ourselves. Staying in motion, eating healthy is the way to get out of a stressful situation and it's the way to get out of depression. So we want to be around people and communication. And that's why we have this Better Call Daddy podcast, because you have a new tool where people can relate to each other on the internet, where they can talk things out, where people are able to have another way of communication, where you don't have to be in a hall or at a school or at a big party or even in a, yes, a conference group is helpful. But the point is, is that you don't have to be alone, even in your own home, because you have access to people all around the world with the internet and where you can have your own podcast and discuss things with other people that have similar likes and issues. There's so many things that we can do to prevent extra stress and depression, but we've got to be able to feel like we can always move and we can always get out of bed and get started and doing something. When we're frozen and we can't move, guess what? Time passes us by. And the way we measure time, as I've told my daughters, is that you measure time by what distance you travel and how fast you travel. So the more that you're in motion, the more that you're doing things, and the more things that you can have a chance to accomplish by visiting and, and being around so many more things, what makes you alive. So depression is a form of not being alive or feeling good about yourself or having the confidence to get out there and do things. What's the answer? Very simple. We've got to stay in motion. We've got to get out there. We've got to do things. And we've got to feel good about ourselves. Let's find things that we love to do and do them and not worry about what anybody's going to say. Let's feel good. Let's eat right. I agree with you also taking vitamins and exercising. We have to do our whole lives because without your body feeling good, guess what? That also weighs on your mind. So a healthy body helps a healthy mind. I like that. I had a lot to say, didn't I? <laughs> it's good. Thanks for listening to the Better Call Daddy Show. Now you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. If you've enjoyed this episode of the Better Call Daddy Show, please feel free to review it at ratethispodcast.com slash bettercalldaddy. Add Better Call Daddy Podcast on IG at Rena Friedman Watts on LinkedIn.com. Better Call Daddy.